Hey man, welcome to Fizzle Show. <laughs> Recording that live for some reason. It was just such a pause. Welcome to the Fizzle Show. So glad you're here. Welcome to the conversation. It's already been going on. We're just a handful of entrepreneurs who are hanging out, chatting about what it takes to make an indie business, independent business, so you can earn a living doing something you actually care about, right? You know what it's like to have a crappy job. You know what it's like to be sort of an indentured servant of some company with some soulless goal. Instead, create a soulless goal of your own to make an own, your own company around. Or even better, create something that you love, that you care about, and find a way to actually earn money from it. Find a way to truly earn a living doing it. That's what we're about here. People are afraid to make money. People don't know how to get the word out. People are, whatever your hangups are, we're going to help you overcome them. And today we're talking about something very specific. We're talking about the fear of getting on camera and we're going to help you overcome that. We've got some actually like, <laughs> this is a really cool conversation because it's something that we've seen so many people struggle with. But before we get into it, I just want to let you know if it's your first time listening to a Fizzle show, thanks so much. Thanks for coming. My name's Chase Reeves. I'm joined by Corbett Barr and Steph Crowder, who you'll hear from in a second. And we uh, have created a toolbox for you or a toolkit for you at fizzle.co slash toolkit. There you will find the 10 do not miss episodes of the fizzle show at fizzle.co slash toolkit as well as several other guides that you definitely need to get i'm not sure if the 80 20 copywriting sketch sheets in there we should definitely put, put that in. in there we need to put that in there okay put it on your list i'll put it in there put it in the 80 20s copywriting sketch sheet needs to be in fizzle.co slash toolkit because we're going to talk about it a little bit today we've talked about it on several other episodes and it's one of the most helpful tools in the world 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 okay now let's get into the matter of hand uh if it is your first episode welcome i hope you dig this we're very conversational this is uh this is uh we try to be the no bs business people you know a lot of business shows are like hey we can teach you how to earn a living doing something on youtube all you need is a good thumbnail here's what makes a good thumbnail number one vibrant colors <laughs> right i haven't heard that it's one. just all this bs is non-stop which is fine vibrant colors might have helped a lot of people and you might see that as a trend but that that's not going to help you get over what you're probably dealing with which is what we're going to talk about today the fear of getting on camera steph i want to hear from you on this steph you have talked to so many fizzlers you yourself have done video by yourself and figured this kind of thing out why are people well before we get into why we're afraid like why should people want to do video like what is so useful about video online these days well i am so excited to to have this conversation just because i am so confident that everybody or at least i would say the vast majority of people out there can relate uh it's so easy to pick our, ourselves apart on video and i know we're going to get into all the reasons why um but video is just such a big deal for so many different reasons i i think from a sales perspective you know we talk a lot on this show about the idea of no like and trust so that sort of nurturing that you have to uh, to do of your potential customers to get them to know you to want to buy from you video can 
really dramatically shortened that curve. You know, when you see someone on video, you get a sense of what they're like, you hear their voice, you see their style. It can actually really accelerate that no like, and trust factor, which I think is a super big deal because all of us are trying to actually make sales online. So that's really exciting that we can just use our, our style, our, our personalities and show up in a really authentic way using video. On top of that, these days, at least, you know, here we are in February of 2018, video is a big deal. People listening have probably heard about how most of the social platforms out there are optimized for video. And it seems like things are only heading more and more in that direction. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of these platforms favor video content. So not only does it go a long way in building trust and, and bringing your customers closer to you so that you can make more sales, but there's a really good chance that your content is going to be seen more when you leverage video. For example, I can, you know, just off the top of my head, the three of us have looked on the back end of our Facebook page and the difference between when one of us posts a video or goes live on Facebook, the reach of that versus when you just do like a text post or even an image post, it's like 10x. I mean, it's really a platform that's optimized for video. So you can reach a lot more people. There's just so many reasons to to embrace video fully. And um, I I know that's easier said than done. So I'm, I'm really excited today to help people get over these fears because as we're going to explore in the conversation, I think it's something that everybody goes through. Oh, I love that. Okay. So we want to use video because it enables us to connect better with other people online, both in a sales environment, like Steph says, this acceleration of that no like, and trust thing, which is such a big deal online. And I think another big reason why is Myself personally, I've done so much video over the last four or five years or whatever, and I think it has substantially improved my public speaking, mm. my ability to communicate in person. Sure. You know what I mean? I think that if you, if you make video a little part of your thing, one of these, one of these little, I don't know, soft benefits of that is you get better at communicating because you're putting yourself through this kind of crucible again and again and again. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and that, hey, <laughs> hey, that can't be all that bad, you know? Well, and it's interesting that you bring up public speaking because when we talk about the fear of being on video, I think that fear feels pretty much the same for people who are afraid of public speaking. Yeah. Right? Totally. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Happen. Which is the biggest fear of all. Isn't that isn't, the, it, isn't like that the, the biggest fear? The number one fear, yeah, right? So you're not the fear of you're not alone. Is like the number two fear. Yeah, it's the feeling. It's the fear of being on video. It's yeah. the number two fear in the whole world. That's what we're saying. Now, I do want us to understand all of us this fear thing. This is one of the most popular fears, most common fears in the entire world, right? And. It's something that a lot of your heroes maybe online or people that you look up to or admire have also struggled with. Steph, you mentioned, and I would like to hear the story of just like, you were on Marie Forleo's YouTube page and you ended up finding some like old, old original, original stuff. Tell us a little bit about who Marie Forleo is and what it meant to you or what you learned kind of finding those old YouTube clips. Yes. So this is awesome. And I got to hand it to Marie, For- Marie Forleo because I, 
think if I'm getting this right, I think she may has have even like come out publicly and said that she's kept her videos from like seven or eight years. A lot of people would probably bury those, um, but she's intentionally kept them online for people to go back and see the progression. So if anybody out there listening hasn't heard of Marie Forleo, she's a very prominent uh, teacher of entrepreneurs. She has a very, very uh, successful education program called B-School, and she produces a I think award-winning um, online TV show called Marie TV, where she teaches all kinds of you know mindset and business type topics, and it's the production quality is very very awesome. I mean, they're very polished videos. She's on a set. She has her hair and makeup done, and like I said, she's been at it for like seven or eight years. And a lot of people out there listening probably um, look up to Marie in some ways, at least as a as a business person and the success that she's achieved. But if you go back on her YouTube channel, like I said, you can go back seven or eight years, you will see her on her laptop, you know, using the webcam built into her laptop, I think in her basement, not really scripted, at least not in a like very formal way, no camera crew, no hair and makeup, just her doing delivery to camera, trying to teach people topics that they need for their business and lifestyle. And I just love this as an example because I think, and we've talked about this before as well, the idea of comparing your beginning to somebody else's uh, middle or end. You look at someone like her who's been at it for the better part of a decade and you're like, oh my God, there's no way I could ever be like Marie TV. Well, no, you can't. Not when you're first starting unless you want to spend a ton of money. But if you go back to the way beginning, uh, there there's a really good chance that there's a humble beginning to be observed there. And I think it maybe helps some people out there breathe a sigh of relief. I mean, look at this person who's built herself into a very successful entrepreneur. She started from the bottom like everybody else. And it's just really refreshing to see that. And I think it's inspiring. It's inspiring to see that over time, as, as she gained more success, she was able to build and refine her online show. But that's definitely a far cry from, from where she started. Love it. Corbett, what, have you, what do you remember from getting like started in video? Like what... What? I definitely remember being terrified. Like how so? I'm the kind of person that is generally like very nervous about being on video or being on stage. Really? Yeah. That yeah, surprises I me. I mean, I, I can work hard to get over it. Yeah. And video, honestly, now is a lot easier. Being on stage is still, is still kind of tough. Yeah. Mostly because I don't do it very often. But, you know, being on video frequently over the past few years has made it a lot easier for me. But, you know, still, if I turn the camera on, especially live for some reason is, is harder, I think. Yeah. You don't have the benefit of being able to go back and trash it or edit it or whatever. But, um, I remember my making my first video. It was, Nine years ago, uh, coming up this June on our sabbatical to Mexico. And, uh, I remember sitting down outside in the house that we were renting and, and deciding to shoot my first video for my, my blog followers. Yeah. You know? And, um, I think it was on Vimeo. I don't know if it, if you can't go to my YouTube page and find it. I don't think, but I think it's on Vimeo. I should find it and like cross post it to, to YouTube. Yeah. But you can go to my YouTube channel and, and watch videos that I made six or seven years ago. And, um, I remember being really terrible at it and I remember feeling like terrified to do it. I remember feeling like, you know, you see people that you admire at the time, Gary Vaynerchuk was a big deal then making his wine library stuff. And he was just so charismatic and and entertaining and engaging. And, um, I just felt so, so awful at it. Mm. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't something that I felt like was going to be part of my core strategy. Um, but I remember at some point I had made several videos 
And uh, you and I met, mm. and I found your father apprentice channel, mm. and you were just so damn good at it. You were like <laughs> one of, one of the best like YouTube channels I had ever seen, just in terms of how fun and engaging you were on camera. And I remember uh, when we were just kind of getting to know each other, watching those videos, and then trying to learn things from them mm. and your approach. And then I remember making some videos, and I would email you and be like, "Hey, I just made this new video. Like, what do you think about this approach or whatever?" <laughs> yeah, Give me totally. Some feedback and stuff, and and slowly, you know, I got better. And luckily, I kind of had you as a coach um, over the years. But I think you know, we um, we used to reference a lot a lot of times this concept that Ira Glass talked about, where all of us as creators have this taste, right? Mm. We know what looks good. We know what sounds good. We yeah. know what we wish we were capable of creating. But in the beginning, we're nowhere near that. And we're talking about anything, whether it's blogging or podcasting or making videos or making products or software or websites or whatever. We're all awful to begin with. That's just how you start. And unfortunately, when you're awful at video, you feel like you're inviting so much potential criticism from people, right? Mm. If you write a blog post, you can kind of sit there, you know, in your in your office and put some words on paper and put them out there. And sure, people might judge the blog post, but if they do, they're judging your ideas, mm. your perspective, right? If you put a video out there, suddenly you feel like you're being judged yeah. more than your ideas. And I think you know this this idea that there's this chasm between what we're able to create when we're getting started and what we wish we were capable of creating. Yeah. We all wish we were Marie Forleo or Gary Vaynerchuk or Chase Reeves yeah. on camera, but we're not. And the question is, are you going to have the guts that it takes to put out those first few awful videos like Marie did mm. uh, or like I did and then go through the fire that it takes to forge yourself into a better video producer yeah. over time. Because we all have that fear and we all have that awkward period. Maybe maybe some people don't as bad, like Chase probably didn't have as many awkward videos as the rest of us, or Gary Vee probably didn't. But it is fun to go back and look at somebody like Marie Forleo and mm. see that the super polished, you could see her having a talk show, right? You could see her now hosting a show like Oprah or something. Yeah. But to see that she was this nervous, you know, um, unscripted, whatever mess, mm. like she was back in the day, I think just helps us all realize that we, we have to go through that if we want to be better at video. Yeah, no. And I, I think you'd be surprised. <clears throat> I mean, maybe I didn't have as many uh, awkward videos as as others just because i've been practicing this persona for my whole life right right? but um but there's definitely things i look back on and feel embarrassed about they're not in terms of i feel like it's like they're things that like hey maybe they work for us for some people but i was really like aiming down like i was really aiming for people that like like the way i think about it is like i'm embarrassed of the content of yeah. it now sure. right like that i thought i, I was going to i was trying to be some self help guru in this one video i'm thinking of and i'm just like no the insight's good but like the this this fits if like your whole deal is that motivational speaker thing, but you're just like a guy and and if and it's stuff i wanted to be doing but like i i didn't really have a a, like a platform for it, yeah. you know what I mean? Fizzle yeah. wasn't the right place for it, right? So I just threw it up on my YouTube channel I, at the time. I think, and I so I think of stuff like that. That like was just like, like I did. For instance, I did a, a vlog. I did a daily vlog when I was traveling through Europe with my yeah. with my wife, 
and uh, and it was just something that like Casey Neistat had recently come out with his, or maybe he had been doing it for a while, and I had just heard about it, and I was just like, "How's he doing this?" I was thinking about it. I was really inspired by like how gritty his filmmaking style was because it was so it was still so interesting and and entertaining. Yeah. And so I did this like daily daily vlog thing. That's just like I mean I've gotten a couple comments on other people like, dude, I watched all those vlogs. They were good. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just just doing it and just sending it out and like no response. Yeah. You know, for the most part, like projects that I just spent time yeah, which, on, which makes you feel, which makes you judge yourself, right? Yeah. If you put something out and you don't get any response to it, and you thought that it had potential to be good, yeah, or, or totally right. So I, I think we, it's natural to judge ourselves whenever we put something out, yeah. but especially so at the, at the beginning. So Steph, when you think of, of this, this fear of putting yourself on camera, um, the, when you think of, of fizzlers and, and listeners out there who are like, I want to be using video more. I know, I mean, I know for example that this year is like Pat Flynn's big goal is to use YouTube more. Right. And he's like, I'm taking courses on YouTube and learning about YouTube. I'm going to use YouTube more. Right. Um, because he knows it's a, he believes that's where the next strategy for growth is for what he's doing. And we know there's these positive, these potential results and these upsides to using video. Cause obviously, like you mentioned, Steph, it's not just YouTube. It's, it's Facebook Live. It's Facebook video in general. They're just showing your content to more people if it's video than if it's not. Like they're not the only ones doing that. Video's not going anywhere. Video's not going anywhere in in a while and for a long time. No matter no matter so what we have like holograms that or like Yeah. <laughs> even then it's that. still video, right? So so I, I guess my question for you, Steph, is is as you think of of somebody out there who's wanting to make a video, but they're afraid of it. Let's just start diving into these to, to like why this fear exists. You mentioned before the call that, um, the big fear is this fear of not, uh, of, of like this fear of showing up. Tell mm-hmm. me about that fear. It's so interesting. I've had a lot of conversations with our fizzlers about uh, video and you'll hear people say like, it's interesting how this shows up for people. They'll say things like, oh God, I hate myself on video or I look so fat on video or, oh, I'm so boring on video. I could never be interesting and funny like Chase is or, you know, anything like that. It's it's different a little bit for every person. Um, And when you kind of dig into that, when you start asking some questions, what ends up happening, I think for a lot of people is it on the surface feels like I don't like seeing myself on video, but there's usually something going on beneath the surface. What you're really feeling in a lot of cases is, yeah, I'm afraid of like really showing up in my business. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid of putting myself out there for people to see, you know? You know, if you're, even if you're doing like Instagram stories, like people are going to watch that and that's terrifying. So it's more, it's, it's like, yes, you're making the decision to use video, but I just want to tell everyone listening, it is about, this decision is about so much more. This is about deciding to really show up and put your butt on the line and say like, I want to be seen. And that's a terrifying, um, 
proclamation to make because it opens yourself up to a new level of criticism. I think, of course, to be to be seen, to be acknowledged, to be taken in by potential customers means that you're inviting people to say no. You're inviting people to keep swiping on your story and not watch the rest of it because they're not interested for whatever reason. You're inviting people to unfollow you or to leave you nasty comments on YouTube. You know, whatever the case may be. So this is for anyone listening who's like, yeah, I've definitely got some some junk about video. First of all, as we've already said, you're far from alone. This is like, I think there's a lot of people out there who'd rather be covered in snakes or something than be on video. So you're definitely not not alone. But it's, I think, a really important thing to challenge your your fear and ask yourself, like, is this really, does this fear end with video or does it go deeper? Is it a fear of failing in my business? Is it a fear that if I really, really try, I might fail? Because in a lot of cases, I think it's easier to like stay on the sidelines and dream about your business because then there's really not as much risk. But when you really start to like put together a plan where you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook Live every few days or something like that, then you're going to be seen and, and you open yourself up to to more failure. So I think that's just something really important to acknowledge as we get into this conversation that for a lot of us, this is about a lot more than just video. Okay. Did you guys hear that listener? Hey, listener, did you hear that? Steph's, Steph's on point here. She's calling us out that maybe our fear of video is actually a fear of of showing up of mm-hmm. like being visible of putting ourselves out there a fear really and truly of failing and maybe i don't know what this means but i i i hear people say it all the time and everybody goes oh or it's a fear of succeeding <laughs> cuz doesn't that sound like a take it and you turn it i think i'm probably afraid i think so i think a lot of people are afraid of uh, of the fact that they might actually be capable and actually quite good at something. Not necessarily with video. I think most, probably the vast majority of people that I've talked to are afraid of video. They're afraid of, of failing in this thing because they don't have, they don't think they have the skills, but there's a handful that I know of like a Matt Giovannisi, right? Someone who's very, uh, very talented and funny and all this stuff. And I think there's a fear for him and, and for me, uh, on the other side where it's just like, you're afraid that like you that you're that of success in a way you're afraid that it's going to work and that it's going to then you have to take it really seriously and you don't really know what that means and you're really it's just convoluted by the fact that you're like you're not really sure if this is going to work you know what i mean you don't know what you're going to get out of the thing yeah but Steph is calling us to the to the table here. And I think for a lot of listeners listening to this, they're probably driving their car, walking their dog, or going for a run, or wherever you are, where you're listening. And it's like, I think a lot of us, at all times, have this thing that grows, this little bit of fear of showing up. This little bit of fear of, or not, not even a fear of showing up, uh, uh, it's, almost, it's almost like a blind spot. It's like you realize you're just not trying very hard. Yeah, there is something about video that does feel more all in. Yeah. You know, because it's like, here I am. I'm not just, yeah. you know, slipping these ideas into social media. I'm here on video representing myself, my, my business. Yeah. And, uh, it, it kind of does feel like you're putting a lot more on the line when you're on video for some reason. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you mentioned like you have to look people in the eye and let them look you in the <laughs> totally. eye and see what you're saying. Yeah. You know? And that's what makes it so effective, right? Yes. At accelerating that no like and trust relationship yes. thing because 
don't kid yourself. We've got billions of years of evolution in these eyeballs, yeah, and and millions of years in being able to kind of like understand body language and facial recognition yeah. and all of this stuff. It's one of the most it's one of the most powerful ocular paths in our neuro- neurology. Yep, I'm just making that up, sure. but I believe it's true. Yeah, that ocular path <laughs> is so important. Uh, I love being a modern day podcast host. <laughs> just <laughs> but, get to say whatever. Just get to like. say whatever. Thanks, Trump. So, the, but like that point that you're making, that when you put yourself on on screen, you you're really inviting criticism of yourself. Yeah, not just your message. Right, right. And we're going to talk more about the message here in a second. But that's something that you might need to realize. There's a fear there. That that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of myself being criticized, and that takes a resiliency, right? Yeah. That this is this is what they call self actualization. When you're like, I don't really care what you think about me because I know what I have is helpful for a subset of people. Yeah. And this is going to be valuable for them. But let's also acknowledge, and Steph brought this up earlier before we started recording, that a lot of what people are afraid of uh, might also just be some physical appearance stuff. Mm, yeah. And that can be yeah. really. Powerful because you know there are ideals that people have out yeah. there about how people look, and um, you know, like in my case, if you happen to be thinning in the hair arena, what do you mean? Uh, you know, you might get some nasty YouTube comments, uh. and that just kind of goes with the territory. Yeah. There, there are mean people out there, yeah. depending on the platform that you publish on. Now, you could publish elsewhere where people can't leave comments if you're really afraid of that. Mm. But you know, people might not like the sound of their voice, or they might not like the way something looks, or they yeah. might feel like they're overweight or something, right? Yeah. And it, um, I think you know, it, we're going to talk about tips and and ways that you can get over that. But we should just acknowledge that those things are very real. Yeah. Hashtag body positive. Mm-hmm. That's a hard. It's a hard thing to 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 hold. But there is a growing. There's a growing movement of support for for that ideal that like, hey, right. listen, this is not a one size fits all world. Yes, we're not all a uh, Kardashian. Yes. Are, are they a good example of that? I haven't, I don't know. Sure. With, I haven't even seen them in forever, except for that one, that one with, with the booty, the, mm-hmm. the, when were the, she's on the cover of something. I can't remember it, yeah. but the, the, that's a big point. It's a big point, Corb. Now there's, and there's one more fear I want us to talk about. I want you to mention Corbett, this idea that when you start out, there's this like, <laughs> there's this like, not only is it hard to get on video, cause even when you're good at video, it's, it's still difficult to take some of those comments, to take some of that stuff that's coming at you personally instead of at your message, so to speak, right? We still have to kind of keep a little bit of ability of a, having a tough skin. But when you're starting out, not only is that hard because you haven't built those muscles, but then there's this double fold hardness that you suck at first. <laughs> like what you're going to have to put yeah. into the world is something that you're like going like, it's almost unfair, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you know that it's not good yeah. when you publish your first video, yeah. right? You know that like you could do a lot better than that. And you're putting it out there knowing that video invites more judgment than other platforms. Yeah. Maybe. And you know that you're not putting out your best work, right? Totally. So here you are like in the lion's den without a shield. Yeah. And that's part of what you have to go through. And so it's, you know, people are right to be afraid of video, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, so at first it's going to be tough. You're going to, at first, actually, you know, you might get by on just like, there's this thing I wish I could give to people. It's this brash, nervy, 
uh, confidence mm-hmm. where you're just like, no, no, this is good. Yeah. No, this is good. Yeah. This is good. This is good. This is good. Cause like I was always someone who could look at anything I do. Now I look back and I'm mortified by almost everything. I have, I have albums, mm-hmm. Corbett. I've made like albums. I've heard that. And I listen back to them and I go, Oh my God. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, that guitar point part was dope. No, some of them, and that, I mean, that, the drum bit is dope. They're, they're good albums. The music is good. Yeah. But dude, I'm being real vulnerable with that voice. Yeah. And it's real bad. It is. It's very a, emo. A lot of the times the voice is not, it's not quality. And I hear that and I go, uh, but at the time, I was confident enough to put it out. It worked. I did. My taste was at a level where I felt like this, this was above bar. You, you love Sufjan Stevens as much as the next guy. <laughs> I do. I just heard him cover hotline bling. It's on Spotify. Nice. Him and another guy do hotline bling live. Oh, he did the it's uh, so good. soundtrack to that. Call me by your name movie. Oh really? Or, or at least a couple of songs in it. They're nice. really good. Nice. They're sad. His songs are sad. It was, yeah, it kind of reminded me of when um, Elliot Smith did the songs for Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Wow. We're really, we're really getting in there. I like that. I want to go deeper, but we're going to stop. Um, so, so listen, these big fears of either showing up and making yourself available, putting yourself out there, the fear of the fact that when you put out a video, it's almost like you're when someone criticizes your video, it's like they're criticizing you mm-hmm. more so than with text, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're definitely, there's a vulnerability there that you have to just kind of, you can't clench against it. You just kind of have to release and just accept it yep. and just accept it and let that stuff just wash right past you. Right. Cause it's possible to do that. And then number three, this fear that, or the realization that when you start, like, it's not going to be, it's not going to be it, like, don't despise the day, the, the humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't despise the humble beginnings because look at Marie Folio. It took her years to get to a point where she was capable of producing on screen that looks really good. Mm-hmm. And that even, that even like, like even if it looked bad, she's got such better presenter quality now, mm-hmm. right? She had to learn how to do that through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos. Through practice, exactly. You know, through practice. So we think here at Fizzle that, um, that, Knowing is half the battle, like that old G.I. Joe saying is, you know. A real American hero, by the way. A real American hero. Where have they all gone? Where have all the cowboys gone? G.I. Joe is there. Where have all the cowboys gone, Corbett? Uh, I was. (laughs) Cowboys gone. Exactly. So knowing is half the battle, all right? So we have actual tips that we want to empower you with that, I mean, tips is a weak word for that. These are tactics, these are strategies, these are. Uh, a, this is a checklist. A quick little checklist that you can use that is literally, is li- it can it can kind of uh, equip you for running head headlong into this stuff without without being stupid or brash, but rather the opposite of being informed, knowing what to do, knowing how to feel that kind of confidence. Yeah, because if um, you realize some of the things that we're going to share with you, and if you uh, you know follow some of the guidelines you will produce a better video mm. and producing a better video is a great way to get over that fear and get past that those humble beginnings faster yeah right? totally okay so the first one Steph I want let's let, so let's point number one okay now we're starting the checklist here all right I know in audio that's kind of hard I kind of need to like I wish there was like a ding, yeah. bing point number one <laughs> deliver or define what a watcher needs to walk away with. Okay, now Steph, I want you to talk about this one for a second. There's this, this is this idea that before you start your video, 
we're in the we're in this moment where it's like, what's this video about? And I think one of the most powerful questions you can ask yourself is, and it's the very question we started this podcast episode about when we were talking about this topic. It's like, what do we want someone to walk away with after they watch this video, after they listen to this podcast, after they read this blog post? So let's talk about what this what this sort of step means to you, Steph. Yeah, so I think um, anytime, it is really interesting. We talk a lot about that 80-20 copywriting guide that we have free that people can download. Anytime you're creating content of any kind, a video, podcast, a blog post, anything, it's just so helpful to reverse engineer it in that way and ask yourself, what are the big one to three things that someone would want, that you'd want someone to be able to take away from your video? And I have found for myself doing video, um, having that level of specificity, really focusing on, okay, you know, there's like certainly 20 different things I could talk about with this topic. But if I, if I could have someone walk away with just one thing, what would it be? And then basing whatever I'm doing, whether it's a Facebook live or something more robust than that, really having an understanding of that big thing that you want to hammer home, starting with that versus I think like, you know, especially if we're talking about, you know, using the live feature, it's really easy to just jump on to a Facebook live or Instagram live and just kind of start like talking, just sort of start rambling. I find it so grounding and it's so useful to have an anchor that's like, what is the purpose of me hitting that little go live button? That's another way to ask the question is what is the purpose? If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to jump on live right now, what is the point? And that way, um, when someone, you know, when they're watching it, they know exactly what it is that you're going to be talking about and it just keeps you on track. So especially when you have those nerves and those video scaries, I think it's so, um, so grounding to know your purpose for being on there and you can really focus on what it is that you're giving to someone. Yeah, I love that. I think this is a really huge point because with this well, actually, let's talk about the next one and then let's talk about the, this bigger sort of thing. So, Corbett, the next one is talk to one specific person. What does this idea to you mean? Well, knowing who your audience is is one of the keys to making good content of any kind, right? Whether you're writing a blog post or yeah. creating a podcast. Like, you know, when we set out to make this podcast episode, we, we thought about specific people. You named a couple of fizzlers that we know pretty well yeah. who may have this fear of video. And we thought about, well, what could we do to help that person? Mm-hmm. So, you know, an old writer's trick would be just to write as if you're talking to one specific person. You could use that on a sales page. You yeah. could use that in an email. Obviously, uh, you could use that in a, a blog post. Yeah. You can do the same thing on video. And what that does is it helps you... Um, Make sure that you cover all of the grounds because you know if you're speaking to one particular person where they're coming from, what they already know, what concerns they have. And so you're able to address all of that stuff. And it also makes you fear less the giant audience out there in the room, right? And uh, think more like you're just having a conversation with someone mm. at, at a cocktail party or in your living room. You know, if I wanted to tell Chase about this particular subject, yeah, we could have a nice casual conversation about it, and you'd get a lot from it. So if I just do that on video and imagine that I'm delivering it to Chase, yeah, and it it will come off a lot clearer, I think, and a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Okay. So now this is this gets right to the heart of of I think what a lot of our fears are with video. Okay. Because I remember I used to do this with on uh, the, this personal blog that I had 
which is now chasereeves.net, it, it was like, it, at the time it was, I think it was back when it was right to mean or just some weird thing. And I was collecting, or I was ice to the brim, I think in the very beginning. And it was just collecting all sorts of random things. And I would write it in the essay occasionally. But I had one friend who, who was a friend of mine. He cared, he cared about me and I cared about him. We had some similar, we, we were, he was a friend from the internet. So we knew about internet things, right? If there was a big meme on the internet, like even if I've never sent it to him or he never sent it to me, chances are pretty high that he would have seen it, right? Um, we were we were interested in the same things. We had all that 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 similar cultural milieu sort of thing, and so I could think about Willie. It was his name. I could just think about him when I'm writing a post. And I go like, just write this to Willie, and and I could immediately just if I can if I can focus myself on just doing that, all that fear of like of. That kind of like nameless fear, yeah. That was just around about like, well, what if it's not good? When I think about someone who actually cares about me reading the thing, then I'm like, well, listen, like, no skin off your back. Like, if you don't like it, don't read it, pal. Read like this is for Willie. Yeah, and it also makes you feel like, well, Willie needs me. Willie needs to know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I need to put. I need to put this out because Willie wouldn't have some questions. He would enjoy this. Yeah, you know, he would enjoy this. Um, and yeah, if it was doing more teaching type stuff. And now I had an area of expertise that w- was important to what Willie was doing. Then I would be like, "Like, hey, yeah, you need to know about this, and you need to know about this, and you need to know about that." Um, what I think this gets to is what we identified before the show as kind of the major hang-up here. Most people who are scared of doing video, what's usually going on under the surface is they're making it about themselves. They're not making it about the viewer. Yes. They're making it about themselves. And this is, happens very naturally, of course, you know, but you're making it about yourself and you just need to switch that into making it about the viewer and equipping and empowering them. This is what I call the mission. Yeah. You know, almost to the point where it seems like you can get in the mindset of, I'm making this video so that people can judge me. Yeah. You forget completely that no, I'm making this video because Willie has a exactly. need in his yeah, life. You forget. You're yeah. like, I'm putting this out there just so people can like tell me how stupid I look. Yeah, and that's where because that's where that's where like the the whatever that thing is in our mind that goes that goes like I need to protect you from ridicule, mm-hmm. from being ostracized by the group, yep. from being like you know kicked out, yep. from from death. Yeah, right. It's that thing that goes into overdrive because we're talking about a massive social sort of, you know, interaction here yep. where, and so it, it just inflates the consequences of that, inflates the fear, the inflates the stakes of that whole thing. And if you can, you can take that back, that's just fear, right? So much of spiritual development or personal development is just going like, oh, look, that's fear. Oh, wait, that's, is it true? Is it true? Yeah. You know, like Tim Ferriss and, and others talk about this incredibly powerful uh, thing of, of just writing down your, I can't, I'm trying to remember now, like writing down the worst thing that could possibly happen right. if you make this video. Yes. What's the worst thing that could possibly happen? And, and probably the worst thing is you'll get a negative comment. You'll get negative mm-hmm. comments. Your worst thing that can happen is you say something, you say something terribly racist and outlandish or sexist or classist or ageist that's what you or something <laughs> that just is construed yeah. that way but if it's or but if it's an edited video then that risk doesn't exist right so and the, but that's the thing yeah if you if you okay so if that's a huge danger then well let's make sure we don't do that oh good we're not doing that yeah 
you know? Yeah. So that, that idea of being able to notice the fear, kind of overcome it or kind of go like, Oh, I see. I always think of Elizabeth Gilbert going like before her Ted talk saying like having this conversation with her fear of speaking. And she says, okay, I need to leave you here on the side of the stage. Yeah. I'm going to go up and do this thing. Thank you. Thank you. Your time. Thank you. I'm going to go up and do this thing. I can't bring you up there with me, but I'll come get you as soon as we're done. Okay. As soon as I'm done with that. So good. Tricks. So good. Yes. That book, Big Magic, is, is basically scripture to me at this point. Um, but again, this big point, make it about them and the message. Make it about the viewer and the mission, right? Yes. You're giving Willie something that he needs. And realize that strength of content and usefulness of content in your video yeah. can overcome any technical or ability sort of limitation that your video has. Yeah. We all know that we've been out there searching for, like we talked about last week, uh, how to drill through ceramic tile. Yeah. And you come across some video that the production quality is shit, the person isn't very charismatic. Yeah, totally. Um and but they have a reason for existing those videos. Yeah. And you don't critique the person. <laughs> you don't care what they look like. Yeah. You're there for the goods. Yeah. I want to know how to drill that hole in my ceramic <laughs> tile. And I think is, you know, if you're able to do that and focus just on the content, focus on the person that you're, you're delivering it to, then it doesn't matter what you look like. Yeah. You know, people, it will go a long way when you show the confidence of, no, this is something important. So listen up. Yeah. No, absolutely. So Steph, here's another point that, that came up beforehand. This idea of, of, kind of like committing to a schedule or committing to making videos often, right? Talk about that a little bit because you mentioned that as a way to, that can definitely upgrade your video game. Yeah, absolutely. I think part of it that I see quite, quite often is, you know, people will get like maybe a little burst of bravery and they'll decide to go live or they'll decide to use an Instagram story or create a short video and they do it once and they put it out there and they brace for impact and they don't love how it feels and then they don't do it again for six months. Right. And the, that's a bummer because a lot of, there's a lot that's kind of off with that. Number one, you don't really get a lot of benefit from just sort of, I don't know, I guess I go in the direction of like leveraging things like the live features or Instagram stories just because those have been really key for me in connecting with people. And what I have found is the more you do things like that, I mean, it's great. It's great the, the world we live in these days because you can go live anytime. You can go on Instagram stories whenever if you want to talk to people. And uh, you can start connecting with potential customers and, you know, you can start impacting people's lives. It's like, what, what a time we live in where you can just do that anytime. And what I have found is the more you do it, the more you kind of push yourself to be consistent and to continue. Because remember, we talked about how a big part of this video, the fear of video is a fear of showing up. And the way you fix that is you show up and then you show up the next day and you show up the day after that. <laughs> so continuing to make yourself show up uh, even though it's scary, even though you're not perfect, even though you you know might be having a bad hair day or you don't have the right makeup on or whatever, um, really getting yourself into a place where you're consistently showing up so that it, it, what I have found is it gets less and less scary. For me, we already talked a lot about how video and the fear of video is very closely related to public speaking. 
and the fear that comes with public speaking. I used to be really, really nervous about public speaking too until I did it for literally five years in a row at Groupon. That was my job. Every single week, I got up in front of a class of like 50 people and I taught them. And then the next week, Monday came and I did it all over again. And I did that for five years. And I still get nervous for sure when I when I speak, but not nearly as much. So if you can get yourself to consistently do it, whether it's, you know, even quick videos once a day, some people do that trying to show up on like Instagram stories every, every day, even for just a couple quick snippets, or maybe just publishing a video once a week, even once a month, whatever, whatever you can commit to, depending on what your project is getting into that habit it's just one of those things like maybe blogging, for example, people talk about how if you like the more you publish, so you get in the habit of clicking that publish button, the fear starts to diminish over time. So I just think that that consistency can really start to just make it feel like, okay, yes, it's a little scary, but this is just something that we do here. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really big point. It, it totally is this idea of, you know, there's this switch that happens in 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 a lot of indie entrepreneurs that I've seen and anybody who starts taking something seriously when they go from like, I, I'd like to try this sort of thing. I would like to try this over here. Like, I'll try this thing over here to like, I'm publishing every Tuesday morning, you know, like I'm going to do that. Like and start a blog that matters where we coach you through creating your first hundred blog posts. Yeah. Right. Because yep. at a, after a hundred blog posts, now you're a blogger. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, you are a blogger before that, but this is how you get to a successful blog yeah. is by the commitment to the publishing schedule. Yes. Right? The same thing is true when you're making video. Uh, just commit to the schedule. Absolutely. And, and the people that we admire most on video are coincidentally, not so coincidentally, the people who have produced the most videos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. I mean, just Wine Library TV. I think he had 500 episodes. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Right. Wh- who among us has produced 500 videos? Yeah. And since then, he's produced hundreds more. Right? Yeah. He did the the daily Ask Gary thing. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marie has hundreds of videos. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, uh, Jonathan Fields, great yeah. interviewer. He did hundreds of episodes of The Good Life. TV, yeah. Right. Yeah. Chase Reeves, you've done probably a couple. You guys have been so kind about this whole show. I'm not probably like, done, well, I mean, you're the resident video expert. Yeah. You know? and, and that's, that's a big reason why we started working together at yeah. Fizzle, because you brought that to the table. Um, you've certainly done several hundred videos. You yeah. Know? And so, um, there's no secret to it. I mean, you know, maybe some of those people had the raw talent or like a, a really strong interest in doing those things. But if you do it frequently enough, you're going to get good at it. And, when we talk about like the ten thousand hour rule, yeah, if you've produced five hundred videos, you're nowhere near ten thousand hours. Yeah, right? that's the crazy thing. Mm. You know, a lot of us like I feel like I'm fairly uh, accomplished at video, or I've I've done a lot of it. I've probably only published like seventy or eighty videos or something like that yeah. in, my, in my life, maybe a hundred at the most. Mm. And it feels like I've done a lot of video. Yeah, totally. Because it does take a lot of work and effort. And you know, you, the six minutes that you watch on YouTube may have taken somebody several hours to create. Yeah. It, it boils down a lot. So, And I know we hammer this point home all the time about yeah. repetition and practice, but it really does make a big difference. And so the person who commits to a schedule or commits to doing 20 episodes of a show on YouTube or something, you're going to be so much better at the end of that. Yeah, because you know what? There's never a moment when you're a YouTuber or a blogger or a course maker or a thing. There's no. just there's never a moment when you're successful. There never is. So you commit to a practice, you commit to a schedule or a publishing, you almost have, and that's a commitment with yourself. 
Yeah. Why are you doing that? Well, because I want to be doing this. Yeah. And because the results look like the strategy looks like a good one. I've done the research. Yeah. Strategy looks like a good one. In another month or six months or whatever, we can just be checking the results as we go. Oh, wow, we've got, okay, so we're getting a little views, but we're not getting a lot of clicks. Yeah. We need to devise a better way to get people from YouTube onto our email list. But honestly, for the first 20 videos or something that you commit to, I yeah. would say your primary goal, your maybe your only goal, should simply be getting better at making videos. Yeah. Because you will get better over those 20. You may not have a whole lot of results to show from it yeah. in terms of clicks and, and subscribers and all that kind of stuff. And that's fine because you have to get better at it before you can expect much. Now, I have a couple very specific tips for people on like technology stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the things that I think is a huge element here is editing your own videos. Now, that might scare you, but you can use a tool called ScreenFlow or Camtasia. Uh, something like this where it's screen recording software that also records from your webcam in your computer, right? Yeah. And the quickest, simplest way to do this is take your, take your computer, put it in front of a window. So you're facing out the window. So you've got this natural light coming at yeah. you, right? And the room, make it so it's not very echoey or whatever, right? Or have a, have a lapel mic, like a little, like mic you can clip on or a shotgun mic if you're really professional or just the computer microphone, right? Yeah. Uh, or like headphones, like the Apple headphones. Like I've seen a lot of videos with just those white Apple headphones. Yeah. Cause they end up sounding really good, right? And so you can hook up even, you know, those Bluetooth, those Apple Bluetooth earbud things right. where they're just, you can just have one in your ear with, with your microphone. Yeah. And that could be great if it's yeah. synced up with your computer and your computer can record it. What this thing will do, ScreenFlow or Camtasia, will record your face and it will record your screen, right? So you have a, a presentation, some sort of something you made in Keynote or PowerPoint or something like that, or you're walking through something online or something and you're recording that and and then, once you're done with it, editing in the software is really, really easy. Mm-hmm. This is what I like. Now, Steph, you recorded and edited your own podcast episode. I'd love for you to talk for just a minute uh, for like a lot, a lot of hours you spent editing Courage and Clarity <laughs> uh, episodes. Do you think you got better as an interviewer because of editing those? Oh my God, without a doubt. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe that's the, that is definitely one positive way to look at the fear that you might have of seeing yourself on video or having to tolerate your own voice, which is sometimes not the most pleasant experience. But the positive to be found in that is you will either watch yourself on video if you're editing or listen to yourself on a podcast and you'll start to notice where you're really strong when the conversation gets really good. Or when you're like, wow, I really wish I had asked this question or I tended to sort of ramble in this one spot. I'll make a note for next Mm. time. I heard a really interesting tip on this um, in a creative live course that I took a while ago where uh, the teacher said something along the lines of if you're editing, whether it's video or audio, and you start to get kind of bored, like I have edited my own podcast and started to zone out a little bit. Like that's a really, that's not a very good sign, right? And so when you can start, because like if it's not interesting to you as the interviewer, it's certainly not going to be interesting to some stranger listening or watching your video. So yeah, I think watching yourself, listening to yourself, it does, for me, it definitely strengthened my interviewing skills because I would just keep little notes on things that I thought I did really well, things that I could improve upon. And I think that's how you get better, just like anything. I I should mention as well, uh, it can be, some of the technology behind video can be intimidating. So I'm glad we're talking about this stuff. Um, 
there was a time where I had no clue as to how audio editing or video editing worked. Yeah. Right. I remember just kind of like trying to understand mentally, like what, how does a video get edited? Yeah. What does that even look like? And, um, when we started putting fizzle together, I think up till that point, the videos that I had published on YouTube may not have been edited. Mm. I think I would just hit record and and try to get all the five or six minutes of whatever I had to say out. And if it wasn't good, I would redo the whole take yeah. until it was good, and then I would publish it. You know, mm-hmm. trim off the ends because I could do that easily and you know QuickTime or whatever. Yep. And then I'd publish the thing. Mm-hmm. When we started working together on Fizzle, it was clear that you had really high standards for production quality, and you had done a lot of work. And so you started talking about Final Cut. Yeah. Uh, and and Final Cut is uh, a little higher end editing tool, but they all have kind of the same basics. Yeah. You know, there's a timeline of the video. You cut and splice it and put things together, basically. And and it's not that hard once you learn it. But for me, the thing that unlocked feeling really comfortable with editing video was I just sat down over the course of like two or three evenings and watched one of these super in-depth tutorials on uh, YouTube. Actually, it was... The guy who put this one together was called, it's called Izzy Video. Uh-huh. I remember. And he has a free Final Cut tutorial. I think he has free Premiere and some other ones as well. Yeah. You could find one for Camtasia. You could find one for, yeah. um, ScreenFlow. But just spending those three days of like three hours in the evening learning how to edit and practicing, I felt like I could get a job as an editor after that. It like yeah. all made sense and yeah. it became incredibly easy. So instead of just fumbling through it, just commit to doing something like that. Uh, and another tool that is maybe even easier than ScreenFlow is something that the Wistia folks released recently called Soapbox. Mm. The cool thing about Soapbox is you just install a little plugin in your Chrome browser. Then if you want to record, you just click that button. It records your screen and your camera at the same time. And then it has an editor that's built into the browser that nice. you can go back and, and chop things up. And that one's super easy to get. Super to. easy. So the idea here is you can easily record yourself using these tools like Camtasia or ScreenFlow or Soapbox or if you want to go more advanced Final Cut Pro or something like that. Um, And then I highly recommend you edit it yourself and you learn that you can make a cut when you say, you know, um or ah or whatever or you forget what you're saying, you're recording and and you mess up and you go like, okay, I'm going to put an edit there and I'm just going to cut to something else. Or I'm just going to cut to the next part, right? Yep. So you make a cut, it's called a jump cut, and then you cut to where you want to begin the next one, and you just delete everything in between, and all of a sudden you you finish this sentence, and this sentence immediately starts back up. And it might look funky, and it might look weird, and, but hey, okay, <laughs> that's how it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, and, they, but they don't actually look that weird, and, and you can kind of learn how to make them look smoother. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of guys will do. By the way, there's a really easy trick if you can get two cameras going. You just have two cameras. Yeah. And anytime you do a jump cut, sure. you you cut to the other one, and it looks like it happens seamlessly. It's a switch. Yeah. It's yeah. A camera switch. Yeah. But um, that's all very advanced stuff. Listen, I just want you to think of putting your computer in front of the window, right? So you've got that natural light coming on you in your face. If you can stand up 
So put a little standing desk or put some shoe boxes up and your computer right on top of that. Uh, and then uh, you want to make sure that when you're standing there, that as you move, it doesn't move the computer. The computer, if it's wobbly and yep. moves when you move, that's going to show up on, on camera and it's going to look really awkward. Um, but standing up allows you to kind of like open your diaphragm. You don't slouch forward mm-hmm. over the course you of the video. Energy. Yeah, you, over the course of the video, you end up getting down lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. And right. You're talking like this, you know what I mean? And uh, one of the things that also should be noted is you could look at like a bunch of different YouTube videos and how they get started. I, I sometimes will do that when I'm about to record just to kind of figure out what kind of energy I want to have. Uh, because, you know, when you're searching for something on the web and then you click into it, like, right, what, how do you want to be greeted? And so you can kind of see how other people do it. And what yeah. I've noticed is there's two ways. One of them is is this like, you're almost like p- pretending like you're the video is almost pretending like we were having a conversation before or something like that. And it's like, Oh, Hey, welcome back. Like, listen, what we're talking about this time is yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this, this kind of quick energetic kind of pace, which is nice when it's like, Hey man, I want to teach you how to make the spaghetti squash. It is so freaking good. Here's why I like spaghetti squash. Here's what's so good about it. You know, here's the three things I want you to walk away from this video with. Right. Or it's like, it's like, you know, the video's like, it's pit, it's black and then slowly fades up is text like, Karen Sowers teaches the internal nasal capacity chiropractic treatment for, you know, syroflacia. <laughs> and then it like fades out and into a, like a lady uh, with next to a lamp. Hi, I'm Karen Sowers and I've been using this treatment to treat, uh, neuroleptal pains in my clients right. for, you know what I mean? And it's mellow and it's chill, but, but again, how many times have we watched those videos because yeah. we wanted the information and the information is sound and it's solid yeah. and it's good, right? You can be either one. Yeah. It does, you don't have to be anything. And then here's my final tip for you. So my final tip is I have to remind myself of this. I have to ask myself, what would make me feel like I did, like I did this video, I was myself in this video, mm. right? How can I bring myself honestly to this video? Yeah. Right. And oftentimes it's just like, Hey, just remember, be yourself. Sometimes I'll write it on a sticky note and I'll put it on my, my camera right next to the lens and it'll just remind me like, Hey, be yourself. Just be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else. Yeah. Just be yourself. Right. A lot of people are worried. They don't have the personality. They don't have enough juice. They don't have enough bubbly. They don't have this, that, and the other. Right. Maybe not for being one of those juicy, bubbly YouTubers. Mm-hmm. But if you've got something that's good, that there isn't a lot of out there. Yeah. We'll put up with all the bull crap in the world. Yeah. I've watched videos in other languages that I couldn't understand, but I could see visually what they were doing and I got the gist. You know what I mean? Yep. It doesn't, it, it, it like you said, if, if you have good content, it covers a multitude of sins in production quality and bubbliness and character, all that other kind of yep. stuff, right? Yep. So, yeah, that's good. I'm just going to add a couple more things. Do it. Yeah, add mind. a couple more. Uh, so one would be don't be afraid to shoot multiple times, multiple mm. takes. Yeah, you know, and come at it, you know, with different energy. Yeah, each time. Yeah, come at come at it really fast once. Yeah, you know, or come at it. Uh, you know, think think about different people maybe that you're talking to. Um, and just take take multiple times. Like mm-hmm. uh, recording is free. It yeah. just goes on a hard drive, right? yeah. and you can toss it if you want to. Yeah. So, so take a bunch of them, um, and don't be afraid to do that. And then the second one would be, 
you know, if you're really nervous, maybe have a drink beforehand. <laughs> like, it's a family show here, and I don't want to encourage drunkenness, but you might just loosen up. A uh, they call it social lubricant for a reason. Our recovery <laughs> listeners are just like cringing right now. Right. But you know, like but all it's of us, true. when when we go to a cocktail party, like what do all of us do first? I, I, yeah. Or at least I do. I know yeah. I go look for the bar before I start a conversation with somebody. Right? Yeah. Because I know I'm just going to be better at it. Yeah. <laughs> and same thing can be true of video once in a while. Yeah. No, it's true. I like and and you know, there's a lot of cocktails to choose from, or a lot of substances to choose from. Really, like coffee. Coffee is another way to get yourself into, uh, but that, for some people that might make you too anxious, right? And you can't and you can't complete yeah. the things. There's that uh, p- that pill we mentioned a few times, Alpha Brain or Qualia, these neurotropic sure. sort of herbal supplements that some people claim help them a lot. There is uh, Fernet and Coke, mm. which is a great mixture of sugar. Shout out to our Argentinian friend and booze, right? And and you know you can watch uh, you can watch my my talk at the. Uh, Pioneer Pioneer Summit. If you wasn't that what was it called? I tell the story. What was the the uh, uh, what was the name of that? Pioneer Pioneer Nation Nation yeah. Pioneer Nation. Yeah, where it tells the story of where I met Corbett over a bottle of of Fernet. So you'd be celebrating the the Fernetitude of that for your frenetic being real frenetic about it. Um, there is a cigar which makes you really ruminative. Cheap beer, cigar, and cheap coffee is one of my favorite buzzes of all time. Because you got like, I mean, if you ever want to take notes, you just get into that mode. But that makes for crappy videos for me, because I'll just be going forever, yeah. never getting to the point, always finding new paths to head down. I probably actually experimented with all of these things. I have experimented with, oh, I'm very serious. But my brain chemistry, it just, yeah. it, hey, you know, time pliable. matters as well yeah. for people. You yeah. might be good in the morning, you might not have enough energy, it's hard to say. Yeah. Try different times of day. Steph, any last minute uh, little little end tips for you for, for people making videos? I, I would just say, you know, it's interesting. I, I would just tell people, find your find what keeps you going. You know, for you, Chase, you had mentioned, how do I do this my way? How do I make it so that it's me? For me, my thing with that is, how do I do it so that I feel like I provided something really valuable that people didn't have before? Something that clicked for them and like brought it to another level. That's what really gets me excited. Even if it's not my favorite video of myself, I can get past that pretty easily. Like, okay, maybe that wasn't my favorite shirt. Or I was telling you guys before we recorded in our customer conversations course in Fizzle, I was pretty pregnant when we shot that. Like, probably not like my favorite look of all time for myself. But gosh, when I watch that content back, it's like the content is just so good. It's so helpful. And I think about the the light bulb moments that people have, have said that they've had since watching it. And then I really don't care. So whatever that thing is for you, I think it's important to find it because personally for me with video, that's what's kept me showing up is like, yeah, if I can help people have an aha moment and really like have the light bulb go on, I will keep hitting record every single time, even though it's scary. Yeah, totally. All right, guys, that's it. That's how you overcome your fear of being on video. It's really much more easy than than you might think, right? Yeah. It's make yourself about just what Steph said. How do you put something on video that's really valuable? Maybe that somebody didn't have before. Someone that something that someone can't find out there, right? Put something together that's really valuable for someone. Be specific about one to three things that you want them to walk away from this video with, right? And maybe move some of that that spotlight off of you and your like the video being about you and more just about them, that whole mission thing, right? So this has been the Fizzle Show. 
Yeah, and I, I'm just going to throw down the gauntlet here. Throw it down. I, I would love for some people listening to this who have been afraid of making video, maybe who haven't made very many or, or maybe haven't made any before at all, to take this and run with it and make a video. Use our tips and tricks and realize that maybe it's not going to be great, but make a video and then email us. Let us know. Hey guys yeah. at fizzle.co. I would love to see yeah. can result from some people like taking this to heart. Totally. Or put it in the comments of this yeah. if you feel like okay with sharing, right? That's going to be at fizzleshow.co slash 258. This is episode 258. And I think that's a great gauntlet to lay down. I think that's awesome. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening to The Fizzle Show. It's been another fun episode. I hope you've learned something important. Listen, we have so many courses inside of Fizzle. Like Steph mentioned, her customer conversations course is one of the best in the world of the courses literally on the internet as far as I'm concerned because it helps you learn how to have honest conversations with customers, takes all the fear out of that, and teaches you how to do it in a way that gets you insights from them. Okay, check that out. You can try it for five weeks for free. This Fizzle membership where there's free group coaching, uh, where there is courses, where there's a community of entrepreneurs who are working towards building their dreams. You can be a part of that for free for five weeks. And then it's only $35 a month. So it's not super expensive. And it's even cheaper if you do a yearly plan. Okay, so you can take that, take advantage of that at fizzle.co slash try five that's t-r-y five fizzle.co slash try five we hope to see you guys inside there i have been chase wardman reeves this has been fizzle show 258 we'll see you there or we'll see you on another time (laughs) remember we used to do that yeah (laughs) find care take care serve hard and dig in y'all thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week on the fizzle show